But uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Trekking Breakfast Club. It is Friday. It is Fun Friday. Happy to be back. Thank God I'm feeling better because your girl was hurting out here. Uh, but I'm back. I've done a lot since I've been hurting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just happy to be back in the room again, see all my people, see the crew, see what's going on with them. Um, let's check in and see how everyone's week has been going, if they have any plans for the weekend. Bree, what you got going on? How's your morning? I know we've, we've been on the phone to talk about business about an hour, but uh, how's your morning going so far? What you got planned for the weekend? Um, my morning is great, y'all. I am fired up. Kelsey don't fire me all the way up. <laughs> no cap. Uh, this weekend I, I plan on going to uh Michigan to see some family. I got a uh, uh, I got my grandparents are struggling right now, so y'all please please keep them in their prayers. Keep them in y'all prayers for me. Um, yeah, but yeah, we working though. You know, it's still it's, you know the money don't stop. Yep. But we're going to touch and agree that everything going to be okay with them, for sure. Lakeisha, how was your week? Did you accomplish any goals? What you got planned for this weekend? I accomplished a lot of goals this week. I really, really did. Um, did a whole lot of marketing. Um, what else I got going on? That's about it. My goal was to market for this next class. I'm excited about tonight, Kelsey and Jay. Um, this weekend though, I am going to be in, I have to go to Atlanta tomorrow and then Sunday I'm going to Orlando. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> and you want to tell no He just will be in the building. Okay. But, uh, oh, <laughs> Sunday I'm going to Orlando until Thursday, but I plan on just, you know, um, getting some work done there. Maybe um, it, it'd be better for me to look at some other scenery and get work done there. So I just wanted to do like kind of a workcation. Um, and, you know, my kids leaving me, so it's just going to be me. So, yeah, I mean, those are my goals and that's what I got planned. Well, make sure you look professional, you know, make sure you, you know, take some nice quality photos and just, you know, have a great time. <laughs> I know you, you know what, offline, offline with the pictures, offline. Hey, good morning, how are you? All right, we'll come on back to Jay. Desi, what's up? You better man, not sound you, tired. You out here, you out here being real grown out. Man, I even posted all the pictures. I got about four more to go. But uh, you know, um, me and baby girl just leaving the gym. Uh, we set the tone for the day. Uh, I gotta go test drive a truck for one of my clients. What else? Um, test drive a truck. I got a Zoom meeting with more clients. It's going down today, man. And then we gonna storm into the weekend. You know. Um, Caribbean Fest going down here in the A right over by me at Stonecrest. If you be out there, pull up because it's definitely my neck of the woods and I'll be there. Um, a lot of people got birthdays this weekend, so, you know, we just giving them their love and their flowers, you know, enjoying their days and um, trying to be alcohol free, so y'all pray for me. Um, no, <laughs> no. Ask her last night. You need to. Go, you need to. You out here, turn up. Nah. 
It is I always late. post late. That don't be last night. It'd be a day. It'd be a day, you know, a day, a day. I do late day posts. Oh, okay. But it's all G. It's all okay, G. My bad. All right, about to stop. My soon. bad. <laughs> my bad. But yeah, uh, Jay, you black with us, sis? Hey, hey, hey. I'm back. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, How's your week been so- going? Oh, it's been busy, and this weekend is going to be busy. I'm, I'll am i be working. I'll be prepping for this uh, June 2nd mentorship program. So um, that's pretty much uh, me and Henry was on the phone last night just talking about getting systems and stuff. So he enlightened me about a lot of things. So thanks, Henry, for adding extra work to, my, uh, to what I got to go to. <laughs> but anyways, I'm excited. Happy Friday to everybody. Um, let's get it. Yes, me and Henry had a great, I know he's not on the line anymore, but we chatted yesterday as well about a lot of different things and just picking his brain on some stuff. He was picking my brain on some stuff. Uh, we definitely, I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there to go ahead and prep y'all's pockets, okay? Definitely have another event coming up um, for the Chucky Breakfast Club. We're going to do a grown, well, I ain't going to call it grown and sexy. That's a little unprofessional, but we will be having a mixer coming up. So dates for that will be dropping very, very soon. It will be in the A once again. Uh, we'll be coming to other cities here soon, but um, I think this will be a great opportunity for us to get together once again. Don't start texting me, call me, talk about, I want to go, I want to go. I promise y'all. We'll be the first to know when details are released, so you can go ahead and purchase your ticket. There'll be a couple different packages this time, so you can get regular ticket or get a ticket with some merch. There'll also be merch there, photos, a couple good people. Of course, we'll all be in the building, so as long as we're there, you know it's going to be a good time. So I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, I had a good week this week. I Even though I was on a sick and shut-in list, you know I got a lot of work done. I, I ain't gonna lie, I love y'all, and I was still on here on Wednesday just saying different stuff in the background, because, you know, every time I said something, Keisha was like, oh, yeah, Kelsey, that's a good idea, <laughs> but, um, you know, I needed that little break, I literally was just laying in the bed, just listening, honestly, I was cracking up, you know, with my little Pedialyte holding that bottle tight, um, but, yeah, I got a lot of work done this weekend, I have consults this week, I mean, I got a lot of work done this week, I have consults this weekend, I also am super excited. We just um, secured two investment properties. So those will be going live this weekend. I'm super excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Henry not here. (laughs) I know, right? Stepping into that. So I'm very, very excited about that. Hold on. I was was, uh, trying to run to the phone. Woo, woo. Oh, thank you. Yes, another stream. Another stream. So extra. Another stream. You know, I'm all about them streams, okay? So another stream to take care of another bill. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so today we will be discussing um, another topic that we kind of mastermind and came together and talked about and pretty much be discussing whether or not when when starting um uh oh you're coming to you. You know, everyone when the industry always think I wanna start on authority, I wanna start on authority, but that comes with a lot of responsibility. And I think Jay so, you know, just beautifully broke it down when I was on her master class when she was speaking to her role. Her uh, Road to Riches gang, if y'all ain't in the gang, y'all better click that link in her bio so y'all can get signed up to join the gang. Well, I'm going to 
talk about that. But, um, yeah, so definitely join the game. But like I said, she went through it so beautifully. So, Jay, what's your take on this topic if you're available, man? What's your, what's your kind yes, of what do you do when it's time to start your authority? What do you think people really need to know about, you know, starting their own authority? Um, first thing is, or do you have where you're available 24-7? <laughs> okay, so that's something that I knew uh, when I first got into this, I was like, nah, let me just build a fleet or build a team first before I just say, hey, I'm going to open my full operations. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand that you getting told to open up your authority, but yet they're not telling you what uh, responsibility come with that and how much time and effort it takes to run under your own authority. Like it sounds good, but once you um, actually is doing it, I promise you're going to have a change of heart. And it's not to um, discourage anyone, but make sure that you just get a full detail exactly what exactly you're getting into. Because there's nothing wrong with investing in a truck and starting your fleet first. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. Um I was going to say, so what do you think was the biggest, I'm not going to say shell shock, but I know for me, I didn't expect to have to put as much down on insurance as I did. So what do you think maybe was one of the main reasons that had you go and get uh, build your fleet out, put your people in place, and then go get your authority, if that's the way that you went about it? Okay, so the main reason is because I wanted to cut the middleman out. <laughs> I got tired of actually being under somebody else's rules, and I wanted to create my own rules. So that was the main reason. But the shocker, I already knew the insurance was going to be expensive starting off, but um, it's the late calls. Like, that, I was not prepared to not get sleep in the beginning. You know, it took time for me to actually put – a team together and systems in place where, you know, hey, we don't have to worry about being, you know, available 24-7. And, oh, my goodness, Kelsey, if I would have known about your services, <laughs> I would have been uh, flocked over there to you and asked for your help when it comes down to um, managing these drivers. So, I mean, that was a real big shocker. Like I said, man, um, April this year made one year and I grew fast, you know, and that's something that you want. And I even coached to my clients that, you know, yeah, I know it's easy to get the truck. Yeah, I know that you feel like, oh, I'm gonna make a lot of money. But besides all that, you know, 75% of that is management. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have your money, your truck, your driver. 75%, if you're not managing that company correctly, you know, everything can crash. So it was so much responsibility that just came to me again because I grew so fast and I wasn't prepared for that. So it was um times like um in December when I lost my big contract. But even before then, I feel like I didn't have enough structure and then I didn't even have time to even get structured, you know. So um just make sure that you prepare yourself, educate yourself, um, like I said, you have Kelsey that has this driver management services that I wish I would have known about um, a long time ago. But people like her is definitely somebody that you want to connect with before you even think about getting an authority because they're going to put you in the right position when it comes down to management. So that's my input in that, Kelsey. Yeah, and the main reason I even decided to add that on was because – I would, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. 
I mean, you know, that's just what I like to do. So in knowing that a lot of the clients that I was working with, whenever I was even going through the custom, uh, going through my onboarding process, because once you become a client, we do a whole onboarding call. I want to see where you are currently in the business. So now, although I do, you know, most of my clients that I work, well, all of the clients that I'm taking on now, they do have to have been in business for at least three to six months. Because I like to know that you're, you know, at least a little bit serious, you know, been through some things, you kind of know a bit about the lay of the land. But one thing that I was realizing with my clients in the beginning was, okay, they don't even know anything about like a roadside procedure. Jay, like what we had discussed in Road to Riches, they don't understand that you should have a procedure in place for everything. And that also includes you giving your driver not just permission, but like the confidence to take care of certain issues if they need to. You know, if they know whenever they call, they should know how far away they are from like a truck stop because they should be paying attention or, Absolutely you know, they should, they should, they should know, you know, it's my steer tire. It's, it's, it's the drive tires. It's one of the, the, the tires on the trailer. It's on the passenger side to drive. You know, they should know all those things, but a lot of people don't want to deal with that shit, honestly. And that's exactly why we yep. added that service on for an additional cost. Let's be clear because my job now my job and my, my people job now become damn near 24 hours because you never know what could happen. Um, but people really like it, especially investors that are trying to work on their business and not in their business. They really enjoy that, you know. But I think it's the lack of education for me that made me go get my authority, honestly. It was just a lack of education and not even knowing that. I didn't even know you could lease on a bigger company. I ain't going to lie. Like, you know, we keep it 100 up here. I didn't know that that was an option. You know what I'm saying? And if I would have known, then possibly we could have scaled and then went and got our own authority. You know what I'm saying? I think that would have made a lot more sense to me. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to add in on that. I think it's more important to be proactive and not reactive. So even with dealing with your drivers, I know you and Desi Henry was telling me you have this program where Desi actually would do um, the road testing and checking, you know, making sure that the driver knows their, um, knows the pre-trip, knows the truck, you know, know what to do just off record. And then even know how to follow the um, policies that you put in place. Hey, if something was to happen, even like when you get to the scale house, you know, hey, DLT want to check out the truck here. Here's the steps that you need to take. Um, even when, <clears throat> and that's something that I did not have. I mean, I would get drivers. I remember one time I had three drivers who got pulled into the um, way stations from three different locations within a matter of 30, 30, um, 30 minutes. It was like, Hey, Hey, they asked me for this. I'm like, well, okay, you got this in the truck. You got this. And then I'm getting another time. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So Kelsey, you are definitely right with, by like just educating yourself. And I mean, regardless guys, you, you're going to make mistakes and don't think that, you know, you're not, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't try to come in here trying to be you know shoot for perfection you know yeah that's the goal but at the end of the day you know you sometimes you're gonna have to hit your head to even get those experiences and learn from them and grow for them as well right absolutely I was gonna say because I mean I hate to be like Kelsey no because Kelsey no like with my authority 
um, with my ex, which is no longer my authority. Um, um, we, we made some mistakes and we was a mess. Like if I was to ask him, let's lease on, he would think it was like, Oh, it's not mine. It's not mine. But being in the clubhouse and understanding what lease on is, I think I, and like Kelsey, we could have did that option first. So, I mean, it's just, some of these people think that owner operator is the way because it's theirs. They don't want to work for somebody. They don't want to, you know, but it's, it's also ins and outs and it's pros and it's cons. And I, I'm really growing to think that maybe we should have did that too, instead of, cause being an owner operator is difficult. I mean, um, it, I, I have, I remember times where we were trying to beat the insurance where, I mean, it's just hard out here, but I, I shoot, I agree. Let's yeah. get the definition of the owner-operator, Lakeisha, because a lot of people don't know that, Keisha and Kelsey, owner-operator. I know you guys may be leasing your truck through these third parties and be like, oh, you're an owner-operator. No, the real definition of owner-operator is when you run in full-fledged under your own operations and under your own insurance, okay? You As have your own now, Right, you exactly. Right. As of now, all you are you, you are just a truck owner. Okay, and I I know a lot of people get that twisted because these you know companies basically shoot out. Oh, you're an operator, and I think a lot of people. I think Brick can speak on that too. When you in these trucks and you hear that, and you oh you are on the operator, and then you know you actually go under your own operation. You're like, whoa, this is not what I was prepared <laughs> prepared for, right? Oh, I was just agreeing, Jay. It definitely comes with the territory, like Jay said. I remember beating insurance, like, hey, can we have an extension? Like, you got to think about stuff like that. And I'm not scared to tell my story. Like, we was broke running owner-operator. And the only thing we stood on was like, well, it's mine. It's mine. You know, that's the only thing we had to argue about. Well, it's mine. I ain't got no boss. But we was boss and broke. That is so true. Oh, my goodness, Keisha. I remember it was a time. And even as a fleet owner, guys, um, it's times that I could not take a check. I had to make sure that my drivers were taken care of. I had to make sure that everything else was taken care of, you know, before I could even take a check. So it's been, you know, it's been certain weeks that, okay, now nah, I'm not going to take a check. You know, I'm going to make sure everybody else eat just because that money flow is not coming in or something didn't hit or, you know, maybe I had too many drivers sitting out. Or whatever, so the money I had had to pay for overhead. So, you know, it gets real out here. You know, I know it looks good that you hear about the fleet owners and becoming an owner operator and all that stuff, but man, you gotta make sure that you know your shit, just point blank, period. Or at least get with somebody. You got people on this platform that can actually coach you and guide you to the right way because we all have made mistakes. And I think this is why it's so a great platform because you're getting real live information from people that was very imperfect that just figure out how to make the best out of a situation. Say it on your chest. We were failing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, Jay, so you came to a good point and Keisha as well when she was speaking about dodging insurance. Um, a lot of people... They don't like to get that letter from the FMCSA talking about notice of revocation because uh, you ain't paid your insurance. So what are, I want you to kind of speak about, because you are very knowledgeable about it. What are some things that you can put in the hands of a larger company? Because, you know, I just feel like when you're getting ready to lease onto somebody, of course, all smaller companies think that that is a good way for them to scale up, which it could possibly be if you have your business in order. But you have to really vet these people that you're bringing on because one thing we're going to talk about tonight is 
they don't care about your safety score. Okay. They don't care about your safety score. So Jay, what are some things that you can expect from, um, from larger companies that you possibly wouldn't have to take care of yourself and what, you know, what different tasks that you usually would have to do and how much can you expect to have to pay for that percentage wise? So are you saying running under your own authority or just, being no, just, right. okay, so, so yeah, so I want you to speak about, party. yeah, if you was to lease okay. onto a third party, how, what would you, <clears throat> what could you give to them to do? And then I know you teach about this in your mentorship, so don't go too in depth. I definitely know that, um, you go all the way in. But yeah, just oh, tell girl, us a little I'm bit about. Shoes, I'm gonna drop the jewels. Okay, well, drop it in. <laughs> drop it, give me fifty. <laughs> right. So, um, certain things that um, before I, you know, was leasing on, I would actually first see if it's percentage based. Are y'all paying a dollar per mile? I can't stress that enough. You know, I feel that if I'm in the truck, I rather run less miles and get more money or the same money versus running more miles and you know. I'm not averaging or getting the money that I could on a percentage base too. Um, another deal, you know, I know some of us after purchasing a truck, it gets very expensive. You know, you want to make sure that you got money for fuel, money for, you know, maintenance. So I would definitely recommend that, Hey, if you can't afford those plates, go ahead and run under the uh, company plates, you know, see if they have some kind of plate program where they allow you to, you know, pay, you know, out of your weekly settlements, also, the insurance, like Kelsey was stressing, hey, you run under their insurance. You know, um, I know starting off, a lot of us had to pay 5000 plus just for a deposit under our own authority um, versus you go to those third party companies, man, you're looking at like three, $400 a week that's taken out of your check. And um, that, de- that down payment is every year. Let's be honest. It goes down. Yes. It does go down, <laughs> but that is every year. It's, and it, it, it has to do. We've discussed this before. It has to do with your roadside, how you do on the side of the road. They look at your safety score three months in advance. So that's coming out every year. Okay, continue, ma'am. Yes, y'all. I'm telling you, the insurance is the biggest piece. Another deal that these um, big companies have is that they have good um, good um, fuel programs, right? So while you out here running your own operations and stuff, and say, for instance, you paying full price, or you might get a little 12 cents or something, these big companies, they already are in net with a lot of the um, major truck stops like Flying J, Got Loves, and um, other companies where TAs, Petro, I hate Petro, it's so ghetto, but anyways, Petro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I hate Petro. She didn't tell a lie. She didn't tell a lie. And TA, TA, they big and they got the best, like they got food, but yeah, you talk about all that, the showers, like, uh, uh, Oh my God! Right there by Memphis. Oh girl, that's your song. You know when they start having fried chicken, I said, you know what? I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. I ain't gonna lie though. I used to pull up and give me a good meal, and I didn't go to the Petro. Um, like they got the restaurant. It will be an area that you go right there, and it's some um right at the counter, baby. It's a big Mm mama around that corner, baby. I used to give me some baked chicken, collard greens. But anyway, y'all, that's besides the point. But what my point was. These big companies, they have where they're in net with a lot of these fuel stops. Why? Because they have more trucks. So because they have more trucks, that means they, they, um, the, the big fuel, um, stops, 
the major fuel stops or whatever offer them major discounts. Why? Because they got so many of their trucks that's coming in fueling up. So while you sitting up here paying three twenty five or three fifteen a gallon for fuel, you go to these people. They their fuel is probably like two dollars, two twelve. I remember at least on the prime, and. Man, that was what saved, this saved me when I was leasing my truck because the fuel was so, and it's, I mean, I think the most I paid when I was leasing on the Prime was probably like $2.25. Honestly, it was times that I was even able to hit a dollar. But hey, make sure that you got you guys got Trucker Pat. Trucker Pat, I just told one of my clients that it allows you to see in route what, oh, I'm dropping some shoes. God damn. <laughs> it allows you write it down, write it down. <laughs> it allows you to see while you are en route where where's the cheaper um fuel is located or whatever. Um also uh we and have fuel book. And fuel book. Fuel I never use fuel book, Brie. I'm writing that down. Thank you, yep. girl. <laughs> yeah, fuel book. Say, that's what I use. That saved my life. Is it the same like trucker pack? Yeah, it don't show you the way stations, but it show you like the fuel, it, like it pick your route and show you which way you're going, and it show uh, like the cheapest to the you know the highest, or you can look at the map, like you can do a whole bunch of it. Yo, this it show you uh, it show you also the where you can find truck repair, um, scales if you need just uh, whatever you like specifically looking for, it'll put that in there. But that's that's my go-to. I use Trucker Path for uh, the way stations because I be wanting to see who open and who not. So. I use both of them. Yeah, you need you need those systems in place, guys. Like Bree said, so man, y'all got two systems that y'all can unread. But now we have the Mister Safety Guy that's up here. Let me tell you something: running under these companies, what you don't want. Let me tell you, my CSA, my 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 drivers. I had two drivers that was just nutty. They was real nutty out here. They was just out here. Uh, one of them said the log wasn't working. I'm looking at the system; it shows that it was. So they was like, "Oh, it cut off." It was just BS. Guess what? The only thing that you really have to worry about when you're running under these other people is protecting your driver license. Yeah. That is it. You under their authority, they can take hits, y'all. These small fleets, we can't take no hits, you know? So that's actually something else to consider. Um, I don't know, Kelsey, I, I'm trying to wrap it up. No, you did. No, that's, okay, that's good because I'm looking at it from my perspective of starting my own authority and from what you were saying, I just kind of got the thought of like, well, damn, you can really get set up at least on with a larger company in about a week, but it's going to take you at least possibly, I would say, give or take 45 days or two months to get your authority set up. If you don't have all your ducks in a row, if you don't already have your equipment to get your insurance on. So it's also a shortcut to just be able to go ahead and get on the road if you got everything in order. I mean, in my opinion, um, if I would have known that, you know, as stated previously, it would have saved a lot of heartache. I definitely have a question for Desi when he gets off of the phone. But let's go ahead and speak. Go ahead, Keisha, what you got? I think the real topic should be egos because, like, it was an ego thing with us. Like, I want my own stuff. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. It's a mindset thing. You're absolutely correct. And you I also I wanted to also add too, like uh, when Jay Rich was talking about going back to the percentages and the, the you know the per mile. If you an investor, that per mile won't work for you no way. Like just to be perfectly honest, like you got to pay that, you got to pay your driver, and you got to pay for fuel. And after that, guess what? You gonna get a couple hundred dollars. So yeah. it ain't even gonna work. You know, a driver legally uh, a week is pushing anywhere from thirty. 32 to 3,500 miles legally, just depending on what type of driver you got. 
if they ain't taking a million uh, a million breaks as far as like going home. If they're going home every weekend, you won't even see you won't even see that much. So if you an investor, the percentage is gonna be your best way in. Period. You know what I'm saying? Period. Now owner operators, I know y'all should be getting paid the percentages too, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's the that's that's how you're gonna make your money, that percentage. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, especially, especially with the rates, right. especially with the rates being what the rates is right now, exactly. and then you also get access to um, that prime freight too, because the freight that they put on the low boards and different things like that—that's that secondary freight that they just need to move because they don't have the capacity to do it. You know what I'm saying? So of course, right now the rates are good because the shippers got the money to pay. You know, everything coming off. The uh, which you know, Shaq talks about, but everything coming off the ports and all that stuff, they got to get this stuff moved out. But you know, the the rates ain't always like that. So you know, if you could get, it's not just about they have the dedicated lanes and the dedicated freight, like Keisha always talks about. So I definitely want to go ahead. Um, if you have any. If you're trying to get your own authority or if you have any questions about this or definitely any jewels to add, I know we have a couple people that have been leased on a Landstar for years and different companies like that. So if you have anything to add, we would love to hear from you. Um, Oh, there he's back. Okay. Hey, Eric. Good morning. How you doing? How's the foot? (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) What's up with you? With you all? Y'all can hear me clear? Yeah, we can hear you just working over here. Okay. Yeah, same here. Same here. Brokers getting on my nerves, but that's Period. just what it is. You see, being an owner, being an owner. Just kidding. But what? So, so, uh, what experience do you have with either like being under your own authority? Um, were you educated to know that you could at least start with a larger company, and would that even work for your business model? Kelsey, can I add an, another huh. question for E to, um, Yes, ma'am. Hey, E, I want you to also, um, in addition to what Kelsey said. Um, give like an advice that you would give people that want to run under their authority or even have something that they need to like make sure they focus on when it comes down to the safety and compliance. Because I know a lot of us, we, um, you know, we wasn't a lot of people not too familiar about that piece. So can you tell them the importance of, you know, what you guys peep, what you guys pay attention to as DOT officers and stuff when it comes down to that? Drop the jewels, E. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a, it's a different, uh, I mean, roadside, you know, uh, what they do look for. They're definitely looking for, like, the neatness of, you know what I'm saying, you as a person, your truck, your paperwork, for sure. Then they want to know that uh, even when, you know, they when they when they walking around and inspecting your truck, they want to have an idea that you even know about your own equipment, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is, like, it'd be sometimes whereas drivers to get stopped and then they'll let, you know, DOT know, like, hey, uh, I recently had an issue with this. I'm headed in. We're going to get it fixed or whatnot, you know, but that's only when it's, like, minor violations or whatnot. So when you, when basically, when you have the, uh, what we call uh, equipment awareness, uh, you know, being neat and stuff like that and just kind of understanding the industry, right, and what you actually doing, you, you know, you let roadside know, like, hey, I'm not dealing with somebody that's really out here just trying to, you know, make money. Because it's, it's, it's traditionally is known that smaller, you know, saying companies, they just out here just trying to make money because most of them, you know, most of the owners, you know, uh, that, that's out here in small companies, a lot of them don't have CDL. In addition to that, when uh, 
when you stop the driver, right? The driver usually reflect the, the, the owner of the company. When the driver don't know none, usually the owner don't know none, right? So from right right then and there, you know, it's, it become like a domino effect. Uh, so then, you know, on the inside, it kind of pissed DLT off because it's like um, you people not really taking it that serious when, you know, that truck, you know, it's already got proven stats that if a truck involved in an accident, especially with a car, 90% of the time the person in the car going to end up dying. So, you know, when DOT officers not only do they inspect trucks, some of them also uh, work fatality accidents that's involved trucks. So they take it, you know, they take it personal. That one time you see that kid or their, or their mama or their father get killed, you know, saying behind, you know, like reckless driving, you know, like that stuff, you know, you start taking personal. So when they out there doing their job, that's the reason why, you know, you'll you you know you'll have that little stereotype, like, man, DOT some a-holes. Well, they some a-holes because they didn't probably stop, you know, saying about 10 trucks before they stopped you, and at least six of them was, like, just reckless. In addition to that, they probably didn't work the accident with somebody that got seriously hurt over the last, you know, week or two. And so with all that built up on the inside of them, you know, that's why they hold safety number one. But definitely, definitely, again, equipment awareness, neatness of, you know, truck paperwork and driver, truck trailer paperwork and driver. So let me ask you this. So as a um, DOT officer, when did you start seeing, you know, that, um, of course, over the last couple of years, I've realized and we've all realized that uh, there's been a lot of investors coming into the industry. So. So do you, I mean, I, I, I agree that they should do the inspections that they do. Um, but when, how do you feel about like, I don't, I don't want to say like targeting and things like that. Um, but do you, do you think that they do a thorough enough job to, to really like, I don't want to say put the people out of business, but there are some people who just shouldn't even have trucking companies. Let's just be honest because they have the wrong motives about it. Like I know you speak all the time about people really should think about, in the beginning until they do scale up using it as like their secondary income. So I guess, how do we even like when we're speaking to our clients and stuff, I know for me, that's like my top thing is you have to take safety and compliance. That has to be number one for your company. If you don't have that in place, then you don't have anything else. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how we can better even educate these people so that they just, realize that like it's like it gets frustrating sometimes because it's like everybody talks about the everybody talks about the rates everybody talks about this that in a third so i guess how do you go about vetting your people out and just making sure that they're the right people for your company so that you don't run across these type of issues uh first and foremost you want to you want to uh like when we're talking about driver me personally right uh, you definitely want to take full advantage of that uh of that driver performance uh, uh history from the previous employer. So as soon as they get hired on, you want to see exactly uh who they used to work for. You want to go and make contact with that previous employer. Uh, you know, saying within those thirty days that you have to, you know, anyway per FMCSA. Uh, in addition to that, if you cannot contact none of them, you definitely definitely want to ask them for uh you know uh, uh references. I always say three families and then I always say like, you know, saying three people, you know, like a job or something like that, that they probably work, work, you know, work with. And the reason being, man, you, you know, a lot of people were, you know, saying what it was when you contact those people, those references, those references, sometimes you can vet those references, man. And those references can really, really tell you a lot about those drivers. 
So even if, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, you contact the previous employer and you don't make no contact with them, have the driver give you references. Uh, also, do the compare pay and all that stuff. What I mean by that is, um, you know, you ask them, okay, how much did you get paid at the last job? Especially if you know they work for a larger company. And you're smaller and they, oh, man, I was doing about 1500 a week. Now, all of a sudden, you're only able to give them $1,000 a week. Then from there, you ask them, like, okay, um, you know, do you own a rent? Do you have a car note? You know, do you have a family and stuff like that? Because you got to understand if a person didn't live the last year or two making 1500 a week, it's going to be hard for a person to just automatically drop down to $1,000 a week, right? So, like, those different, like, those ways, like, I mean, using that method, you're able to really, really vet these drivers and try to figure out who really, you know what I'm saying, uh, going to be around long term or, you know, for quite quite some time with your company or who kind of full of crap. Uh, so, I mean, those, some of the methods or whatnot that, you know what I'm saying, uh, I definitely use some of the stuff that I, I learned from larger companies or whatnot as well. When they bring the drivers in, you know, that, that pay you understanding, like if they written, if they got car notes, they got family and all that. That's, that's, that's very, very key. Cause it's hard for a person again to go for making $1,500. Now they come working for you, make it a thousand dollars. That right there is a sign of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you think about this topic? We're talking about if having an authority is for you. What do you um what you think about that? I don't know if you I'm sure you run under your own authority, but I don't know if you've ever been like leased on. Uh what's your take on that? Uh it's honestly it's kinda like what works for you, you know what I'm saying, in a sense. So uh, first and foremost, man, I, I hate that people, you know, go out and get one truck, two trucks and then uh they automatically look at that as a, you know, saying primary source of income. Uh, me personally, uh, I feel like that, you know, once you once you got about three to five trucks, you could kind of use it as a primary source of income. But having one or two trucks, I look at that more as an investment. Uh, so, like with me, uh, having when I was leasing on to somebody, uh, he was like an uncle of mine, and that's just because I was being lazy on doing the paperwork, the initial paperwork. So I leased on to him. For a year, in addition to that, I thought it was going to be something that I was going to be able to learn from the cat, right? Because I'm always a student to the game. And so, you know, because he was older and he had been in the game over 20 years, the crazy part about it, I knew more about, you know, running a business. I knew more about safety compliance and all that than this guy. And this guy had his own authority and his own company at the time for about nine years, but had been in the industry for about 22 years. So I leased on to him and I was looking. And then when the rates got low, it was like I was paying him more money than I was actually, you know, saying putting in my own pocket. So, like for instance, he was he was charging fifteen percent. So when the rates went low, no matter what, he gonna get his fifteen percent, and he didn't have no overhead, right? And I had all the overhead. So right there, I was like, "Hold on, man. Even if even if you know, what I'm saying the rates were low." Even if I wanted to just, if I got a shitty driver or whatnot that don't really want to be OTR all the time, he just kind of want to be regional. If I could cut this guy out of my pocket, right, and I could run my own authority, right, I could potentially put, you know, another, you know, give or take six to $1,000 in my own pocket, right, uh, uh, a month. So that's what made me elect to just go ahead and just do my own thing because I was literally looking at cutting costs in addition to that. When I realized, right, and I think I got caught up because he had more years than me in the, you know, in the industry, and so um, I looked at it that he didn't know nothing, 
And then that's why, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, just because somebody been in the industry for so long, especially these older ones, the older ones are so stubborn, so stubborn. They do not stay updated, updated with the laws, the regulation, none of that. And they think they know it all. And a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, roadside, a lot of the old ones will get put out, put out of service quicker than, you know, these like new, you know, new drivers or whatnot. The ones that was like, Three to five years. I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say about three to ten years. No, three to eight years experience. They they usually you know willing to learn, but the ones that was like I'm gonna say eight to twenty years, off and on, depending on who they were, the ones twenty or more, you can't tell them nothing. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of leads me to my next question, y'all. So, what do you think we have? I know I have a lot of people that hit me up when I don't let people lease on to my authority unless. I absolutely like Brie. We have an amazing relationship. I know her work ethic. I know she's about her business. What are some things you need to look for when you are vetting out these um, companies that you may that you may decide that you want to lease on to? I don't know if anyone has any advice on that. I do. <laughs> Come on, Keith. Uh, when you're vetting for somebody to lease on to you, I would say I would want them to be within a hundred miles of me like um only because it's hands-on because i did this before um oh my god it was just a whole mess you know um it's just like them leasing onto your uh, um are running under your authority oh let me tell you it's just like them it's just like you giving them your stuff and they don't know how to treat your stuff you get what i'm saying like um the vetting process has to be intense intense and I might not even whew, I just know I had a bad experience but that does not mean that I wouldn't do it again if I had if I was put in that position to do it again yeah that's some good advice Jay what about you when do you think um how how what are some key things to look for when you're thinking about leasing on to another company key things that I look for when it comes down for me leasing on or somebody leasing on to my authority when there, when you're, if you were to lease on to somebody else, what are some key things that you would, um, like, how would you vet them to make sure somebody that you want to work with? I've always talked to other drivers. Like I ask some owner operators that's been there, um, you know, hopefully the ones that's been there for at least a year. And I ask them like, how are they being treated? Um, me understanding that, Hey, I'm a driver. So nothing's going to be perfect. You know, like I said, I take 80, 80, 20, 80% good, 20% of BS. So, you know, I don't expect them to be like, Hey, I'm hitting my numbers every week, you know, being that this is how trucking is. So I always like to interview different drivers and ask them how they feel. Um, I remember one company that I leased on to in Oklahoma. And man, when I walked in there, it just was good energy in that office. You know, I felt that it was a family oriented. Uh, people were actually happy. Like you can pay attention to that. Like when you get to a spot, how drivers are, um, are actually looking, you know, <laughs> you know, um, are they happy? Do they feel like they're not as stressful and things like that? Versus I remember when I was at Stevens, man, them people were going through it, you know, <laughs> so I uh, really pay attention to energy or whatever, because I know I can make the best out of a situation, period. 
Um, I've been at places where people are like, man, I'm not making money, but I get over there. I'm making money, you know, because I, you know, of course I trust my hustle. So um, that's one of the biggest things that I do, Kelsey, first, because of course, anything, a piece of paper will tell you anything. An advertisement will tell you anything, especially recruiters. Recruiters are like the biggest um, liars out here when it comes down to trucking. You know, I was told my first year working at Stevens, I was supposed to make $65,000. You know, working for Stevens Transport. So I don't believe none of that, what nobody says, but what the drivers are saying. So that's my biggest, um, my biggest advice that I would really focus on before everything else fall in place. Interview the people, seeing like what exactly is going on. So and anybody could chime in on this because I know we've all been hearing it. <laughs> What do we think about, um, there are a lot of foreigners that come over to our country. I ain't going to say our country. That was not nice. I'm so sorry. But they come over to the United States and they get, you know, foreign MC authority so that they can run over here and things like that. Um, but they don't necessarily do the best business, but somehow they do end up making a lot of money. I mean, I just think you also have to look into like the business principles and the culture of the business, kind of like what Jay was touching on. Um, and just exactly what she said, like when it comes down to the advertising and things like that, anybody can tell you anything, but when you actually speak to the people that are driving for them, I know that's why she always mentions when you at truck stops, truckers talk to other truckers. Like now I know that for a fact, because I don't deal with situations like that. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was some great advice. So, when do you think it would be, go ahead, Bree. Um, I was just going to hit on the um, the farm people. When I worked at uh, RTS, which was a, uh, the company, I did, was the maintenance coordinator, driver manager, those people were, like, foreigners. They had uh, pretty much at home everything like they had the trucks they had the, the dispatchers they had the, the brokers the brokers was what well, they wasn't they was overseas they wasn't even in the united states so uh but them folks definitely oh baby your service is going out girl you're going through them mountains honey i wanted to say until Bree get back though like Kelsey, what you said is true. Like, when the foreigners come over here, I just feel like they have a different... Okay. Like, oh, hold on. I'm about to meet uh, her. No. She'll come back. Oh, I know her service is bad. Go ahead. Uh, I just think they have a different type of hustle. Not saying us over here are lazy or whatever, but I, I think they're more... They're successful. I ain't gonna say more successful, but they, they, they grow faster because they have a different type of hustle. I think that it's more than hustle. Like, you know, some of them already have people. Money. Um, you right. Right. And uh, what I know, especially in the Midwest area, their families own a lot of those uh, warehouses, those manufacturers and everything. So it's nothing for them to get the plug on, you know, getting those meat loads or whatever type of loads or whatever. Like, they already in net with each other. So, um with the foreigner situation, Kelsey, what I paid attention to is like they look out for each other. Seriously, you know, um, if one if one can get in, they all gonna get in. Especially running under under their companies, like they know 
what to, you know, how to finesse this game, you know, especially <laughs> the Russians. You know? <laughs> if anybody don't know, baby, if you never work for a Russian company, honey, you are you you are you for a joy ride. I'm so serious. And I know you guys might see the post where they like they paying 70 cents a mile or they paying own operators getting 90, 90%. They take 10%. Trust and believe me, they got a lot of finessing. So the reason why you are actually making that money is because they want you to, uh, it's like quiet as kept working for their company. Hey, I'm going to run you, but hey, don't say anything about this. Don't say anything about that. Like I know a few people that, um, you know, ran for some Russian companies and trust me, they were finessing. You know, a lot of them wasn't work running on logs, you know, and they tell you, hey, we're going to pay you the money. Just 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 get there. You know, so, again, that goes back from our last uh, session that we had on Wednesday. At the end of the day, you got to protect your driver license, you know, especially look uh, with the people that are fleet owners. And that's your truck. And that's your driver. At the end of the day, you got to protect them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to bring Miss Elaine up here to touch on this topic um, because I know she does a lot of research. She talks to a lot of different people with network and has a lot of clients. So, Miss Elaine, I just wanted to ask you, I know you just came in, but today we're pretty much talking about if having an authority is for you. So what is your take on this from an insurance standpoint? Uh, what do you, especially in this market when insurance is going up, of course, they're trying to bring down more legislation to make us pay more again. Uh, what's your take on, you know, if having an authority is for you or should you possibly go lease on to a, a bigger company that could help you out? Um, for some, leasing on is probably going to be a better option because the insurance is so high. Um, and I do expect to see some additional changes coming down the pack pipeline. Um, so if you haven't had your CDL for very long, not enough experience, um, Running a transportation, I do suggest that someone leases on to get the experience as a business owner, to get the experience as a driver, and to get the experience that will lead into an owner-operator. So that is a suggestion that people that are new to it, they lease on them financially because it's a huge financial undertaking. So it's not just the insurance. That's one aspect of it. You got the gas. You have all of that back stuff that you have to do. You have to pay your employee if you're not going to be the driver or you have more than one. Um, You're talking gas. That's even before you get a profit. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for that. What you got, Eric? Yeah, just to add to that, though, but, you know, it it all depends on – your longevity too, you know what I'm saying, and your mindset, because uh, we already know trucking is a low a low barrier entry industry. And, you know, one thing, one thing that I will always say and I always realize, right, that those that, like, seek higher education, they usually be, you know, successful in business. And, uh, I mean, me personally, I just kind of witnessed that. Um, and so a lot of people get into this, right. And they get into, a, they get into the industry with a mindset of like what I call pimping, pimping the industry, more so than like a business mindset. So if you're going to lease on to somebody and you know, you want to be in a long term, you know, lease on with, and try to learn, you know, like I'm, when y'all was talking about the foreigners, uh, I don't know too many foreigners, you know, personally, right. And I've done business, I've done more business with foreigners than I do black folks. And it's, and I have my reasons. And 
me personally being around the Africans that I've done business with and uh, the the Asians, yes, their parents have money, but the thing is, they don't just get them money. They make them, you know, saying go out and learn stuff. Like us, we'll go to a job and we'll be talking about how how much we hate it and stuff like that. Them guys, they go to a job and they try to figure out the ins and outs of that job and they try to work and work a job that's going to be that that's going to align with whatever businesses that they trying to open. So I'm going to give you an example. One of my good friends, right? Um, he's from uh, Ethiopian. He owner a, a, a corner store out here in Dallas. And, you know, he do about 20,000, you know, plus a week in his corner store, but he worked for 7 Eleven for like eight years. And while he was working there, he learned everything from how they was ordering their products. He learned how to really run a legit, you know, store. And after eight years, he and during that time, he also saved money. You know, so he saved a lot of money. And so he he, he went and he opened up his own corner store and he used all they, you know, all they contacts that he built relationships with while he became the store manager at 7 Eleven. So it was like when he opened up his own store, it was normal to him. It was natural to him because he took working at 7-Eleven for a little bit of nothing serious. When we, when, when, when us as people, we'll work a job and we'll be hating, you know, we'll hate the job. Sometimes work a job, right, that align with what you want to do business-wise, right? Like, for instance, my, you know, employer, it aligned with what, I wanted to do business wise, you know what I'm saying? And so I learned so much from them. Now, guess what? I'm able to run a business. I'm able to have, you know, access to information that average people don't have access to. So, you know, first and foremost, man, we got to grab We got to change our mindset when it comes to actually working for employers. Don't just be, you know, getting hired on somewhere just to be doing it. Right. Do it because, you know, you're looking at the long term. The long term may be it aligned with, you know, what I want to do, you know, 10, 10 years from now. It aligned with, you know, me want to open up my own business. So I'm going I'm to go here. I'm going to try to, you know, move up the ranks. I'm going to try to learn as much as I, I need to know so I can be successful in my own business. Yep, that's so good. That's what uh, Jay, he had me laughing, talk about the pimping. That sounds like something you'll say. <laughs> These uh, truckers out here trying to pimp and trying to hustle. That is so funny. But I want to take a minute to go ahead and reset the room for those just coming in. You are in the Trucking Breakfast Club. Zola is here with us. It is Fun Friday. And today we're just having a quick discussion on if having an authority is for you. Um, Everybody that comes into the industry, a lot of the courses that they take and things like that, they teach them to go and get their own authority. Um, And then when I came across Jay, she didn't necessarily teach you to not go get your own authority, but she has a different spin on things and teaching you how you can passively do it by, you know, using other opportunities that are out there. And I just thought that is amazing because that's not something that I necessarily ever thought about. So right now we're pretty much, we're discussing, um, you know, how to vet the company that you're leasing onto. But I definitely also, a big topic I want to talk about, which Eric just kind of segue right into it was, when is it a good time to let people lease onto you? So I think just by him talking, I think the um, 
ideas that came into my mind is something that we always talk about, which is learning the infrastructure, learning the different things that you can take from that company to make it work for your business. So I wish Desi was on here because, I mean, he just, when it comes to this part right here, just amazing. Um, just talking about how when he was leased on with Prime, um, and end up end up leaving with multiple trucks. But when he was leased on with them, pretty much just looking through all their company policy handbooks, looking at the t- different type of shippers that they go through, um, making a, a list with those BOLs. And then whenever it was time to, for him to go and move to his own company, he would automatically have those contacts to be like, you know, I've already worked with you all previously on several different occasions. I'm getting ready to get my own authority. I definitely want to do... Um, business with you all in the future and hoping that we can do that. But I think it's more so, you know, exactly what Eric was talking about as far as that infrastructure and, and not necessarily copying the business, but you know, if they, if they, if it's not broke, why fix it? Um, so Jay, what's some different thing? When do you think it's a good time to let people lease on to you? If it's part of your business plan, when do you think it's a good time? Um, I think a good time and right now, that's what uh, my focus is because I'm working on a contract right now. Uh, once I have some security within my fleet first, you know, what? one thing I don't want to do, I remember being on, well, a truck owner <laughs> and, uh, you know, having a truck and just putting it different places and being so dreams about the money. And, you know, at the end of the day, I got to take care of my son, you know, so. Um, I want to make sure that I had security and I had my shit together before I just opened up the door um, to get other people. If you know your fleet is not bringing in that money or you know your structure is not right and there's some things that you need to fix, fix that first before you start just bringing people in. Like, um, you know, I know this is a dirty industry and everything. And like I said, I know we all have been through it, but. You you don't want to get pimped out here. And I don't want to be nobody's pimp, Eric. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be nobody's pimp. You know, I got too many blessings, man. God go, God might not spare that one. So, with that being said, um, make, making sure that you organize, making sure that you structure right, and that you actually have some good work for these people when they bring their truck over and everything. For the longest, uh, Kelsey, honestly, I wasn't hiring for owner-operators because I feel like, you know, you got people that don't have a hustle. People had these mm-hmm. high expectations. You know, hey, Jay, I want to make 9 Hey, a week. Somebody actually told me this, y'all, that he makes nine to 10K a week at where he at. Where can I do for him? I said, I think you should stay where you at, period. You know, if you get that yeah, money, right you got to be honest. Yeah. You got to yeah. be but honest. But I don't even think that they was honest coming with you, coming to you. No, nah, they wasn't. No, they wasn't, Keisha. And I know you get that all the time as far as having your dispatch company. Oh, my God. I want to make 10K a week. Well, um, baby. And want to get home by three days out the week. Like, come on, bro. So I, I made sure that, you know, even with that, I'm in the process of getting prepared for that. I want to be just straight honest. You know, luckily for me, I have a CDL. So, you know, any type of lane. I want to test out or something that I've been doing, I can vouch for that. You know, I can get in my own truck and drive these lanes and say, hey, this is the money that I made. You know, it's secured. Hey, here's the here's the receipts, you know. So, um, Kelsey, I think that's that's pretty much my biggest thing that before I start opening up the door for owner operators. Yeah, I think that's good. Rashawn, I know hey, that you Kelsey. Yeah, what's up? I just add to her, me personally, what I uh what I do, if I have owner operators that want to learn the industry, because when I when I'm charging, when I'm charging, I'm charging you 
to teach you how to run your own company. I'm not trying to have you come on underneath me, you know what I'm saying, for a long extended period of time. Like, for instance, right, my own operator, I make them factor their own loads through my factoring company because I teach them that. So I literally teach them how to run their own company, you know what I'm saying, why they underneath me. If they're not willing to actually learn from me, I'm not going to let them lease underneath me. And that's just the way I do it, point blank, period. Now, if they, you know what I'm saying, now, like, if they want to be underneath me without learning, I'm going to tax them. And usually I'm charging 22 23% because I feel like that, you know, you, you they in it more so on a, as an investment, more, more so than ownership. But if they right. want to come in and really, really want to earn, uh, learn how to run a company, usually I charge a lot of my own operators. And if you're a good friend of mine, I'll charge you 13%. If you're not, I'll charge you 16%. But I'm, I'm actually teaching you how to do everything that I know how to do as far as running a company. And also, you know, all that safety stuff that I know. And, you know, again, you know, it, it, it go back to the mindset. And that's, that's just what I do. Yeah, I think those are pretty good numbers, though, especially if you're teaching them everything that you've done to keep your business in order and successful for a certain amount of time. Um, I definitely agree with that. Good morning, Roshan. Happy Friday. How are you? How y'all doing? Doing good. We ain't heard from you in a minute, so I definitely know that you are running hot shots. So what's your take on this subject as far as leasing people own? If having your own authority is for you, um, I know you probably got some different ideas and stuff and wanting to grow your fe- grow your fleet. So uh, what's your take on this subject? I mean, I think just with the hot shot, I think it's good in the sense that you can find, you know, again, it goes with the right driver. Uh, once you do, I think it's it makes sense, but it just makes sense on where you at. I, I, I still think the hot shot is limited on where you put it at, but long as you put it in the right place, I mean, you can do good with it. So, so to lease someone on, I would agree in that sense. And 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 if they are, I guess, let me lead it as well. Right. Okay. Well, do you think in your business you would ever lease on to somebody else if you knew if you knew then what you knew now? Do you think that you would ever have leased on to someone else? Well, I done dealt with an investor before and, and, and I like it, especially when and we had hands on, but we kinda did like a eighty twenty. It was kinda in the beginning. What I would I, I, I think I would do, especially if they coming on with their own equipment as well. Yeah, I would I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. And what about you? What you think about um, leasing on? I know you've been in the industry for a minute. What's your take on whether or not you should have your own authority, knowing the responsibilities and things like that? I don't know if you've ever leased on to anyone else or had anyone lease on to you. What's your experience? Hey, good morning, team. Uh, good happy morning. morning. Hello, you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Um, I'm going to think futuristic here. I think the way that the industry is going is I personally think that every driver is going to be his own entity Um, just with how the industry is set up. I think with insurances going up the way that it's going, you have these nuclear verdicts that's happening. Um, And then I'm not sure if you guys are paying attention to this legislation that's put into the Texas Congress, but they're basically trying to protect trucking companies from drivers. So with all that said, I just think ultimately, I, th- I just think that it's just going to be drivers having their own individual entity. 
And I think you're just going to have a bunch of brokers and a bunch of dispatchers and a, and, and a bunch of drivers that's going to be their own entity. And I think that's where the industry is going. Um, so that's just my opinion, just from what I've seen and what I've been, you know, been seeing in the industry. I think there's just a huge liability with drivers. And I think, you know, trucking companies are trying to insulate themselves from that exposure. And I think you're going to continue to see that. So that's just kind of my opinion. So how do you think that's going to impact the industry? Do you think that's going to cause even more of a shortage of drivers? I mean, how do you think that's going to affect business owners that are already in that don't have, you know, good drivers that are loyal, willing to stay with them? I think, I think what the industry is going is that they want to isolate risk, uh, risky drivers and pretty much every driver would be his own risk assessment. And if you want to drive, ultimately, you're pretty much going to have to get your own authority. I mean, this is something I think is going to happen within the next five to 10 years, just where the industry is going. Um, and, you know, if we keep having these nuclear verdicts, you know, $30 million, $40 million being passed down for a driver not logging into the logbook and killing, you know, a family of four, you know, that's just where the industry is going. Um, for me, I personally think, you know, if you get into this industry, you need to learn as much as you can. And I think ultimately you need to go get your own authority. Um, I think that's just, that's just where the industry is going. So. Yeah, I can speak to that. I think by us getting our own authority, we definitely learned all the ins and outs. So I completely agree with that. Eric, what you think about the drivers, um, possibly getting their own entities and their own motor carrier authorities? How do you think that'll affect our business? Hold on, say that again. You said. Because Aaron said down in Texas they were doing the legislation to try to pretty much, and Aaron, correct me if I mean, Aaron, I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, pretty much trying to make drivers their own entities, being that they are a bit of a risk when it comes to accidents, logbooks, and them having to shell out all the money um, for different violations and things like that. So he was saying that he feels in the next five to ten years, drivers will end up pretty much having to get their own authority to, you know, for their risk assessment and things like that. Me personally, I hadn't heard anything to that degree with uh, legislation out here in the state of Texas or with FMCSA. That's the first I ever heard of that one. I know at one point they, uh, the, the, what I heard a few years back was as uh, far as leasing on, I know they was talking about a real heavy on the Cali that, uh, now, you know, when, when a person leaves on to a company, uh, it's no more you 1099 them. It's like, you know, you have to, you know, you, you have to really treat, you have to treat that person that you lease, that you lease onto your company, just as if they was an employee of your company. So, you know, you got all these large companies, right? When you lease on, they, you know, they pay you out 1099 and all that. So I did hear that they was trying to change it. Whereas now if you lease on that company, got to give you medical benefits, the whole nine yards and all that. You know, because what happened is the reason why they bring in a lease on uh, people because they're trying to basically keep from paying like taxes and stuff like that. So that was something that was brought up in a couple of meetings and stuff a couple of years ago before the pandemic, right before the pandemic hit with some of the meetings and stuff that I was in on with, uh, with FMCSA. And they were trying to start it out in California before as like drivers getting their own uh, DOT number and stuff like that and operating as their own entity. I never heard that one before. And just and just to add to that, um, that's valid. I mean, that's that's part of what's happening, right? So, mm-hmm. with trucking companies having to have more overhead, right? So, not only am I paying you medical, right? I'm paying you all these different benefits, right? It's no longer advantageous to have drivers 
be my be on be an employee under my company. Not to mention, if you flip that truck over, now I'm liable for that. You see what I'm saying? So you're seeing, and at least that's what I see in the Midwest and among you know trucking companies that I talk to, is that they're they're pivoting to be more of leasing companies where they're leasing out the equipment, and then they're offering dispatching and they're offering the compliance and the support around it, right? But in theory, if you look at it from a bird's eye view, they basically are a trucking company, but not really a trucking company. You see what I'm saying? And that the reason they're doing that is to reduce the risk exposure in the event that they do have to deal with a negligence from a driver, driver getting into an accident or things of that nature. So you're going to see the pivot happen over the next I mean, it's happening now. But I think it's going to be escalated over the next five to 10 years where, you know, if you're a driver trying to get in the industry, you pretty much got to get insured, go get a truck and get your own authority because no one's if assurance costs keep going up the way they are, no one is going to want to be in a position to take on that risk on a driver, you know, and, and risk losing everything. If something inevitable would happen. Yeah. I'm hey, looking Aaron, through the, oh, go uh, ahead, Aaron. just touch on some Aaron, like from an investigative uh, standpoint now, you know what I'm saying? When, uh, when, 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 when investigators are working wrecks and stuff, right. We already know that, you know, it, it been traditionally, right, you know, stuff been falling back on owners. So it's kind of been like told to investigators to basically uh, when you're doing your investigational accidents, you want to, you know, you want to identify that the owner basically did what everything in his power to basically train and equip that driver. And then once you identify that and next everything else fall on the driver, right? So what, what will happen is, yes, ultimately the company will end up having to pay the large lawsuit, but investigators are trying to mm-hmm. actually pin criminal cases of negligence on the drivers. So it's kind of one of the things that they would, as long as the owner is equipping that driver with training and, you know, w- w- with the proper training and equipment, right? Uh, maintenance and all that. Now, guess what? Okay, we say, okay, the owner... He put this driver, you know, saying in the right place. The driver had monthly training. DQ file was up the part, the whole nine yards, right? When it comes to back office, when it comes to all that, right? This is really, really a negligent on the driver part. So then from there, we're trying to pursue uh, criminal charges on the driver and not so trying to make the owner, you know, as a whole look like that they was solely responsible. But if the owner mm-hmm. isn't equipping, you know, his drivers or, uh, you know, property maintaining his company, and then, you know, we would basically make it look like the owner was negligent as well as the driver. But ultimately, the, 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 it will fall back on the actual uh, uh, company to pay that lawsuit. But then on the civil side, you'll have attorneys, right, that will turn around and try to go after the driver versus going after the actual owner. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of what they're still trying to balance out. If I, I'm looking at the bill right here. Um, but they're pretty, pretty much just trying to say that there are a lot of corporations who, like Amazon, for instance, whose damages would be a lot higher, but they're pretty much throwing the employees under the bus, in a sense, um, to be nice to the corporation. So they're just trying to get all that scaled out. But yeah, that's that on that. Hold on. Jay, take over real quick. Hey, y'all. So I'm just 
<laughs> I just finished taking a call with a client. So actually, my um, next question is, because I know Erin had touched on that. Um, what do you feel, where y'all see this industry actually heading? Seriously. Erin, um, you made a good point on some things, or you feel that everybody eventually needs to go ahead and run under their own op- operations and everything. Um, Bree, Lakeisha, Eric, uh, Marcus, hey Marcus, what's up? What you where you guys see this? What's up, Rich? How you doing? Good. I, I, I used to think. I'm sorry, Eric. Can I? Are Ma, we, are we go friends ahead. today, Eric? We friends. Yeah, you go ahead. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we friends. <laughs> so I, crazy. Think, <laughs> I think that you know. I've heard people say that you know the truck industry is going to be oversaturated. Because, you know, now, you know, we got the clubhouse is coming out to, you know, the surface or it's coming out lies. The trucking industry has been golden for years. I mean, and, 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 and transportation, we it, it's like we know this during COVID. This is the only thing that was rolling. Like people changed their careers to transportation because of um, things that happened like COVID, uh, stuff like that. But I think where it's going to is I think it's going to be more restricted. I think it's going to be now I think it's going to be more money controlled. It's going to be more more restricted, more you need this, you need this now, or you need that. I just think it's going to be implemented more. It's going to be harder to, to own your own things if you don't have the money. Hey, Marcus, you're on stage. You've been out here for a long time. Uh, how you feel about this topic? I, I think trucking has its cycles. I think we're in a cycle right now of um, expansion. And I think it's going to retract, and then it was going to have a, um, a cycle of a saturation. So right now, it's we're it's it's just climbing to saturate, to bottom out, to bottom out, and you really can't control greed. So you don't know how many trucks people are buying. You don't know how many drivers these bigger companies putting people in schools so i just think it, it's just like a musical chairs um the one that plays right um and it's not a greedy is gonna stay in the game for a long time and the one that doesn't is gonna be out of business and i'll be purchasing their trucks that's how it usually goes i've been in it 14 years and this is just a um it's the same thing over and over same gravy warmed over like some of the old schools would say um it's just gonna it's just a cycle like you, if you if you look at charts and if you pay attention to the last twenty years, all this stuff is a cycle. The pandemic is very new to everybody, but it's going to catch up just like everything else. And then the rates will go down, and the people that can't pay for their bills will go out of business. So, have you the topic that we're discussing today? Amongst the question that Jay just asked, uh, we're talking about a we. In our opinion, you know, is an authority for you. So, of course, we know there's large companies have a, a ton of trucks. You know, you can always run unto, under them, and their business is a little bit more structured. Do you think when you're coming into the industry with no knowledge, it will behoove you to possibly get on with the larger company and run under their authority, or do you have any experience leasing people on? I've leased I've leased 180 trucks on at one point. Um, in, in 18. So I've been a large, I would say a large carrier. I'm, I am a large carrier. Now we have over 20, 30 units under our authority right now. Um, how I vision, I think trucking is based on how, what you think. Like I've always wanted to be my own boss and never wanted to work for someone. Um, and. Uh Oh, he done cut out. We'll let him come back in. Good morning, Miss Aisha. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Breakfast Club family? Uh, I'm so glad someone asked the question about um, 
where do you think the industry is headed? Uh, I had two guys at an audit, and these are older white guys who are pulling logs for told me um, told me that they are working diligently in addition to trying to raise the insurance rate to astronomical amounts. They're trying to, FMCSA is working with the railroads to, if you notice, there's more freight on the rails. Used to be J.B. Hunt didn't have um, boxes on the rails as much, more frozen stuff on the rails. They're using that, the insurance and other measures that are coming up because they don't want to deal with so many small carriers. They would rather deal with Swift, J.B. Hunt, the bigger, the better. They don't want to be bothered with us. And these aren't my words. These are two white guys we were just sitting, chatting, waiting to um, waiting to, to do our little audit and stuff. And uh, the gentleman, I think Marcus, is absolutely correct. They told me this 10 years ago. They're going to keep whittling it down and making it so you have to either collaborate with someone bigger to survive or you won't be able to get into this big boys game. Uh, let me let me jump in on that because I got kicked out. It's, it's always been a good old boys game, too. Um, our color has never been favorable in this game um like when you mentioned jb hunt you mentioned sliders swift stevens and all those they're all friends and they're all they're all european and so they're always going to want to keep us from from leveling up so my thing is and this is one of one of the things that why i believe in taking ownership in in what you do and building a culture because we have 30 30 drivers and probably about 10 employees and it's a culture so you can't you can't shadow or, or rock anything like that only thing we're only thing we're positioning ourselves on is to try to be like jb hunt or someone one day and i think if we if you keep that mindset you can grow your company to to astronomical rate um places um i feel like the mindset of where we, of what you want is going to be what you get i think you said something about rail they actually um about three, four months ago, it was two rail companies actually got together and they, um, they, they merged. And the reason they merged because they can't get the freight to these, to these, um, factories and in these, um, storage facilities fast enough. Um, rail is, rail is, they're going to get more stronger on rail, just like she said, cause they don't want to keep people out. Like when JB Hunt, I think they moved some crazy amounts of tonnage to rail just this year. They did that because, for one, they didn't want to lose their their money. For two, they didn't have that. They didn't push nobody through truck driving schools last year. So it's one of those things where they they shifted. But you can't do everything on rail. Um, rails rails going to be pretty hard for them to really jump jump it out. But they're trying to figure out how to how to um, squeeze the gap on us. And and when, and when I say us, I mean the minority. They're trying to figure out how to squeeze the gap, how to keep us from basically being a JB hunt or a swift one day. And I think, I think they know that there's some of us that can actually pull that off one day. Um, so it's one of those things where I believe in authority, 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 man, get your authority, build, build your legacy for your family. Um, I've, I've never been in favor of big companies because they, once they tell you they're done with you, they're done with you. And if you got assets and you got people depending on you, you don't need somebody to tell you, Hey, you're fired. So I guess oh, go ahead, Aisha. No, no, I'm sorry. That that that's what I was alluding to. That of course the big ones are going to squeeze um, us out as much as they can. That's why we need to collaborate. Black and brown carriers 
and drivers. I know everyone goes, I want to do my own thing, I want to do my own thing. But in order to survive, um, we're going to have to work together because they don't want us out there. You see my face walking in there back in 1998 and them looking at me and go, well, tell your boss to give me a call. When I go in there talk about a contract, well, hey, okay, little lady. And they called me girl and all of that crap. Didn't hurt my feelings. It made me more determined. But this is still how they see us, and we just have to fight against it so we can all win together and, and earn money together. Thank you. And, and, I, and you're so right. It's not a, it's, I, I would love to say this is not a, a white and black game or white and minority game, but it most definitely is because if you look at those big carriers and you see the ones that are at the top, they're all white boys and they're all friends. And so – we just need to follow what they're doing. They all white boys. They all friends. They got big companies, and they collab and they work together. They're not against each other, and that's where I think minority-wise, we have to get our minds around, like actually, like collabing with each other and working with each other. Not because, competing. Yeah, you're right. Most definitely not competing with each other, and because so, they're not competing with each other, they're competing with us against us. I mean. So, Marcus, how do you get to that mindset with you, who already has, obviously, a successful transportation company and things like that? Um, how do you get people to that mindset to think, okay, if there's everything that, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's everything out here that's just everybody want to be their own boss, blase, blase, how do you how do you bring everybody together if you have 15 people with 15 different authorities and bring them to the table and say, y'all, we can do bigger and better things together, but we all need to be under one umbrella to go in there as a more powerful force like how do you even get people in a mindset to think like that because I, I agree with y'all I think especially if we want to be like the JB Hunts and the Schneiders and have a huge let's just say minority entity right how do you get people in that mindset when we are still trying to leave legacies for our families um my mind just kind of went to a like whole nother investment in type market, of thing Kelsey. you know what I'm saying yeah yeah, how do you like, get how will we corner the market, Marcus? I know we didn't talk about that. What strategy can it's, we use for corner? In my, in my, you have to have like-minded people for one. Like I'm not going to be talking to. I got thirty trucks. I ran a hundred trucks. I'm not going to be talking to a one truck guy telling me this, this, and that. You have to, you have to position yourself around the people that are like-minded for one, and everybody get behind those people that actually have. I would say. Some some experience, some skin, and then run running like that. But I don't think you, I think it's too. It, you can't have too many Indians in it too, you know, and not enough chiefs and not enough respect, like going across the board. If you're gonna build something big, um, there's a company in my space, which is the oil and gas industry, um, called 1845. Well, I was with a company called Rowdy Farms, and they merged. And this is when I when I first started. This was. This is when I first started. They merged with each other. Um, it was it was Rowdy Farms, D D and T, and um, another company. They had all about four, about six hundred trucks. Eighteen forty five came in and bought all of them. Now they're the biggest oil player in 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 oil and gas player in the game. And and only reason they even respected each other because all of them had three four hundred trucks apiece. And I think that's you have to find those people with the like minds that want to really grow the company. And you don't necessarily have to have to have the trucks, but you just have to have some kind of skill set you can bring to it. Um, me and Eric talk a lot. Me and Jay Rich talk a lot. And one of my goals is to be a JB Hunt or a Snyder. I want to self insure. I hear that you know, like I'm always an obstacle guy. They put obstacles in front of us. We just got to figure out how to break them down. 
Um, and I believe, I believe our, I believe our, our, our inner cities and schools can really benefit off trucking and our black men can really benefit off trucking if done right. I was going to say that is so good. Like for real, for real Marcus. But I was going to say too, you had me thinking like, you know, um, if we want to be like these larger, like these larger contenders, um, of these larger companies, then we got to start servicing better. Our customer service got to be better. Um, yeah, we're black owned, but we got to start treating our, our companies um, like they're those big companies. Like I always was interested in like Metro, like Metro Max, like how they grew or how anybody else, any larger dispatching company or, uh, grew. And it's, it's basically customer service, it's relations, but we do as blacks, have to get better with customer service and marketing our business prop our businesses properly and understanding that it's not a competition like we're all in this together because like he said they're at the top and they're all friends well why i can't be friends with other dispatchers or why i can't grow with them why 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 do we still have this mentality of no this is my money and this is my lane this is my money like i i'm i agree with that you know, we got yeah. a lot of trauma too. Black folks mm-hmm. got a lot of trauma. We, we, I yeah. mean, you didn't have to be abused. You didn't have to um, be sexually assaulted to have trauma in the black community. It's just kind of just lyrics, this ugly head just in our community. So, and mentally, mentally, a lot of us face face a lot of that stuff too. So, we just got to get over. We got to get over that trauma. That's what I believe. No, I agree with you, uh, and I think that's one of the. <clears throat> I'm, I think that's one of the main reasons why, Keisha, when you and I had first talked and you said you wanted to do a hub, you know, that's the first idea that came to my mind. It's like, okay, everybody's out here trying to start their own independent dispatching company. But when you come together, you can do more, especially if, you, like Marcus said, you have like-minded people. Um, but, yeah, that idea just came to my head. Bree, what you got? You got something on this topic? I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been in and out because my signal is bad, so I'm in the mountains. But uh, real quick, I just want to say uh, – we definitely do got to band together. You got to also be educated too. You got to understand what's like really going on out here in this industry. Um, and just know, cause these people at the top, like the, uh, the high care, the big carriers, the big, uh, brokers and all that, these brokers are even able to come in and underbid everybody. That's what TQL do all the time. And guess what? The ship, the shippers is giving it to them because they're coming in and they got the, the capacity to, to do it. So it's you know pretty much just gotta stick together, um, and, and work together. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. And they actually have a strategy too, y'all. I do know Facts. when you move um, where you notice. You know, it's I, a lot of us always so quick. Even when it comes down to trucking, I see you can count somebody moves. You know. Just like I tell people, I can show you my hand. It don't mean you know my place. And there's some people out here that you can just see, okay, watch, this is going to happen next. And this is going to happen next. You know, so learn how to move in silence and stuff. Come up with people. I agree with Marks when he said I like minds. Because a lot of people, I was like, oh, well, we can't work together. Now, I have a lot. Matter of fact, my whole circle is surrounded just with black people. And trust and believe me, we get money together. We helping each other out. There's no competition. We helping each other. Like I, I share resources that I know the regular average, I'm going to say the average person can't get. So there's no, if I got a lick on something and I'm calling you my friend and I'm rocking with you, but yeah, I'm hiding resources. I'm hiding money from you and stuff like that. Then you're, you know, I'm not a true friend. 
So that's another way of looking at that. It all comes from like, who are you? Your mindset. It comes with mindset at the end of the day. And everybody can't go when it comes down to this level up as well. So when you work with certain individuals, you got to understand, hey, my word is my word, you know, but actions is everything at the same time. So that's how I see it too when you come and people say we can't work together. I know we get that a lot. Um, and, and of course, we're still, <laughs> we're still getting over a lot, you know, just from, what our ancestors went through, but you know, we can make a change and it's just certain particular individuals that's able to do that. You know, again, I don't have that I have before, but I understand that it was time to weed out those individuals. Now with the people I have now, you know, it's like, that's the winning circle. That's the winning team. We actually planning and plotting and, and we're able to move with a force because again, we all know our position, you know, at the same time. Yes. I, 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 yep, I was I, coming to you yes. next, Richard. Yes. I want to give you, I want to let Richard, uh, he's been up here for a minute, so I definitely want to allow him a chance to speak. Good morning, sir. What would you like to bring to the stage this morning? Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope, I'm glad you guys are having this discussion. It's, it is so phenomenal to hear. Um, I specialize in, in uh, collaboration, partnership, and so on. <clears throat> That's what I do. Um, I'm a uh, consultant by trade. So, uh, just, I mean, you can, how can you work together with still maintaining your independence? One is just understanding best practices, understanding uh, tricks of the trade, <clears throat> trying to find ways that you can collaborate and save money. Um, and then also even dealing with certain clients, <clears throat> uh, those, those, all those things help. Uh, if you can help each other make more money, then you don't necessarily have to be in the same business, have the same name, but it'll help you with, um, with your collaboration and it'll help you guys grow and make more money. So those are just a couple tips. Another one is um, just having respect for each other and, and checking your ego at the door. I, I think that those, those also helps too, but I know the, the stench of slavery and stench of, you know, competition and all, all, you know, white supremacy, all that stuff is huge. But at the same time, we, we, we can work together if we focus on, on our, our best practices, um, saving costs, <clears throat> where we can, you know, with gas and, and routes and, and uh, logistics. If we work together in that aspect alone, we could really revolutionize what we're doing. So this is Richard. I'm done speaking. That's dope, Richard. Like, you got me over here, like, praising. That's dope. Um, but I, what you said was so true. My first sergeant used to tell us all the time, um, you know, why you think so many black, why do you think that you go to MEPS, right? Listen, y'all, you go to MEPS and they give you the logistics job. You, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, I mean, this is for us, you know, like we handle bit, like, and I agree with that. Like, you know, um, supply chain, we're, we're responsible for a lot of things. And I think it's, it's in the, the black community, like, I mean, you're going to bump into the people that's like all skin folk. What is it called? Kelsey, all Kinfolk, all skinfolk, uh, yeah, 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 and I learned that in the military. I did, but I do want to speak to this anybody that's out there in the audience that was logistics in the army. Y'all all knew it wasn't even no competition. It was like, hey, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it moving, let's get it. And I, I, I try to um, bring that camaraderie back in in my business. And you know, sometimes, and I've I've experienced bumping in the road of. The, the term all skin all uh skin folk ain't kin folk and it burns me out but i don't i'm not gonna give up on my people and richard you just you know you gave me some motivation i'm not gonna give up on
Yeah, the the other thing that we could do um, that would really, 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 really help is not concentrate on trying to get everybody. You know, we always wearing the, the cape all the time, trying to save everybody, bringing everybody in. We don't need everybody, with all due respect. We don't need everybody. We just need, um, you know, four or five, six or seven people coming together, you know, with maintaining your, their independence and stuff, doing what they do. But they're sharing best practices, sharing cost, sharing even business credit, you know, um, talking about business credit, uh, trying to get folks to, to really understand how to run their business efficiently. You know, like I said, dealing with these white folks, you might have some you might have a customer that you guys both have in common. You guys are both competing. But if one of you guys win and then you guys put each other on, it might be a whole different thing. You know, you might have a, a route that you might want to share with that person. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there that if you collaborate and you guys are both eating, you know, and you don't focus on trying to get everybody in, you know, they'll come anyways. They'll follow the money. So we just need to focus on what we can do. This is Richard. I'm done speaking. Absolutely, Richard. I'm going to need you to put your profile pic up there, brother, so we know who we're talking to. But you definitely came in with some good gems um, from the consulting standpoint of building businesses and things like that. I think this conversation thus far has been amazing for everybody just coming in. You are in the Trucking Breakfast Club this morning. We were discussing if having your own authority is for you. Marcus came in, put us up on game, you know, about we're trying to become what him and his company is trying to become. The J.B. Hunts, the Snyder's, the huge conglomerates um and he spoke something real heavy that actually happened to me at Dunkin Donuts the other day I seen a young gentleman up there serving coffee you know I go every morning seen a guy up there serving coffee and I just kind of saw um just you know based on his appearance and then the conversation that we had realized he didn't necessarily have a lot going on and I'm actually in the process now trying to find him a CDL school to go to to get him out of his current circumstances and current situations and have him speaking to a couple different people that can mentor him just because you know I especially know where I stay and I'm not right in Atlanta but you know in Atlanta itself it's a lot of young people out here that can just like Marcus said benefit from that type of stuff so we can put the energy in the air and put something together so that we can bring in our own drivers into our companies, put our brains together, you know, make something like that happen. I think that'd be amazing. And I think Jay, that's really probably what you're trying to do. Um, when you speak about, you know, learning more about the CDL school process and stuff like that. So that's super duper dope. Um, I don't know. Did anyone else have anything to add to this conversation thus far? I just think this has been super cool this morning. I don't know if anyone else, any of the other moderators have anything to add before we move forward. Or Eric. Got anything to add, Eric? Nope. Okay. Hey, you you back, Desi? Desi's Bri, back. Girl. Oh, okay. You I was gonna say, Bree, you got service again too. Desi, you back? I'm up in here. What's going on? How y'all doing? Oh, Lord, bro, you done missed the whole conversation this morning. And this is a conversation he loved talking about. Big facts. Okay, Desi, so we've been talking about if having your own authority is for you, discussing should you start your own authority, should you um, lease out to someone else, learn the business practices, what's some wisdom that you got on this topic? We done discussed a lot and kind of got into the conversation of, you know, becoming our own JB Hunt and our own Snyder, collaborating all together, and I already know you're all about collaboration over competition. I would love to hear your wisdom on this topic. 
How ironic, man. I just, we just, you and I, just got a client whose authority, man, they didn't have the right systems and information in place. So one authority was shot. I told them they got to cut it. They got to cut it. So um, you got to know what they, they had to cut it. So they, they're starting a new one, you know, without, you know, deep diving in their business too much. But, um, yeah, um, I've been on the phone helping them, like, stop the bleeding. Um, you got to have the right systems and information in place if you're going to do it. You can't just jump out there. A lot of people jump out their head first. I jumped out their head first. And um, your company is at risk if you do it that way. I mean, at, at risk of a lawsuit, failing, just not being profitable at all, you know. So you are better. If you don't know, like Jay told somebody yesterday, like, you ain't ready to do, you ain't ready to have your own authority. And if you're, if you're not ready, don't do it, man, because get the information, get the mentorship, get the information um, to put you in a position to be ready. Um, because otherwise, man, you're going to like regret you ever did it, you know? So what's that's, some things, what's some go things ahead. you took from being, what's some things you took from being at least on, I know you always say I wasn't ready to have my own authority. I knew I still had some things to learn from the business standpoint and things like that. So what's some things you took from working with a larger company into your own business that makes it run, you know, more fluid? Yeah, just you got to have training. You got to have a training program. You know, like I said, we got to have that elevation process that when, you know, you, you run into a situation, you, okay, you identified and you correct it. Corrective action, you know, corrective training. Um, what else? Just means and systems in place to be, um, have continuity. Being that be a rental truck or, because it's not a, a question of if, it's a matter of when your trucks are going to break down. So in doing that and knowing that and saying that, you got to have plans. You got to have, you know, a real strategy. It's chess, not checkers. So, like, you really got to put some plans and thought into it and, you know, make it happen. I love that. Absolutely. I tell everybody, like I was giving you your flowers earlier, just talking about how, you know, you made a successful transition. Still, oh, sorry about that. You made a successful transition. You're still going, um, and yeah, you definitely are making making your moves out here, moving into different um, sectors and things like that. Sorry, I'm over here texting the dispatcher. Jesus, can't nobody do nothing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Um, ain't me though she ain't fussing me out <laughs> Keisha go somewhere but no I think that was uh, a good a good point um, just mentioning I think a little bit earlier about how there are companies who lease people on and then um, end up getting put out of service for different things I don't know if y'all seen the article but there's a company that actually filed for bankruptcy because they had so many issues with violations that it ended up putting them out of service. Um, Eric, how, how often does that typically happen where a company might, I mean, if they receive a certain type of violation, they can't handle it, especially if they're a smaller company. Do you see that a lot? And have you dealt with that in a lot of circumstances? 
Oh, my boy almost got kicked out. Are you yeah. back with us, Eric? Yes, sir. Yeah, for you. some reason, for some reason, I had to click out of this room, click in some random room, click out of that room, then click back into this room just to talk sometimes. It's like when I go a long period of time, it won't let me speak when I try to. Uh, say that question again. Yeah, so I was reading an article recently speaking about how a company had to file for bankruptcy because they actually had so many violations dealing with out of service that it ended up, you know, clearly hurting their company to where they then they had to file for bankruptcy. Oh, yeah, they do that because what happened, those civil, uh, those fines that FMCSA hit you with, those become civil penalties, those civil penalties. So what probably had happened was they must have got hit with some like some large fines or whatnot. And so they filed bankruptcy so they could try to keep from paying them. So oh, they do do that, so it might not just be because they went out of service. It could be because they literally, um, here it is right here. So it was a company out in Illinois with a history of our hours of service violation filed for bankruptcy. Um, I ain't gonna say the company's name. Y'all go look it up, but it looks like they had about 19 power units and 17 drivers. Um, and they had uh, received a conditional rating with the FMCSA. And so their their assets were listed up to 50000 and the liabilities were in between $1 to $10 million. So they had uh, <laughs> the shuttered trucking company states that it had up to 99 creditors and that they maintained no funds to be available to pay the administrative fees. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, yep, that's what it several, is, administrative fees. Know, that's in the civil yeah. penalty. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I, oh, Jesus. You never know who you're working with at the end of the day. I think that's the that's the main thing that we get out of this entire conversation is you need to vet the people that you're working with. Um, if you're not ready, definitely, you know, take a moment, possibly lease on to a larger company such as, you know, J.B. Hunt or, you know, whomever the company might be um, that could help you learn about the businesses. You can see how they do. They business. really don't, though, Kelsey. What do you mean? Like when you lease it on to them large companies or whatnot, right? I mean, it, it's not like you able to like go inside they they you know they own right. operation like an internship. They not really teach yeah, nothing. You know true. what I'm saying? You know, it's just uh that's why you know it's one of the things that you'll learn more from a small to independent you know owner operator if you lease it on to them. But you have to go in you know and ask. So my whole ask thing is question. like if you're gonna lease on, ask like, hey, if I lease on to you, can you show me how to you know? Uh, uh, run my own business where, you know, after a year of me being leased on to you, I can go do my own thing because mm-hmm. I understand, you know, the, the, the systems and processes. Because, I mean, when you lease on, like, again, you lease on a big company, you just basically just making a check. Yeah. Because, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 yeah, they want you to be handicapped. They don't want you leaving, you know, because for one, they win it. They don't have to pay for no retirement. They don't have to pay no health insurance, none of that. All they have to do is cut you a 1099. Ultimately, you're responsible for all that for your driver or whatnot. So they win it for tax breaks. That's very, very true. I ain't thought about that. Jay, what you think about that? Or Desi? I see you unmuted. Yeah, he, he brings up a great point. You're basically a glorified company driver. You have to tell him. I had to tell him and clarify on a number of times that, hey, I work with you, not for you. You know, I take my ball and go home, my truck and go home. But they really, like he said, keeping you um, – dumb, deaf, dumb, and blind is at their advantage because you won't know how to leave. You'll think it's, you, you, you don't know nothing about really how to operate your own company because they're doing everything for you and they ain't telling you none of how they do it. You know what I mean? 
if it don't benefit them, they ain't telling you nothing. The less you know, the better they are. So I 100% agree with him. You got to really, you really got to find mentorship and you got to really like acquire the information on your own because ain't no, even like when you lease on to a smaller company, man, it's in their best, best interest in a lot of cases to keep you, you know, not in the know versus in the know. So I agree with you 100%, Eric. Yeah, I, I do as well. Thank you for correcting me on that because um, it makes sense. Um, does it, any of the other moderators have any um, anything they want to add to this topic? Any other discussion that we had today? Bree, Keisha, Jay? Anybody? Anybody? I want to add on like how Desi said, you're a glorified company driver. Um, also, like when you're in there, just um, you know, pay attention to the things that they try not to show you. Also, um, that's one reason, like, like a lot of stuff I was not prepared for. I don't care how much research I did, you know, just to be in position. It's like, man, I wasn't prepared for so much. And it just goes to say, uh, show you like, talk to some of these other people, you know, um, I always tried to make a friend at every company that I was at, you know, a good friend. And I know any friend, I wanted the friend that been there for years that actually, actually had the inside connection. So I was able to like move around Steven transport very quickly and get known because of my trainer. She was known. I built a good relationship with her. Um, I had dedicated lanes um, at, you know, only two months, three months experience working for Stevens only because of the relationship that I had built with my trainer. And then uh, when I got in the oil field and I started doing my YouTube and then, you know, I started getting like the VP contacting me. And I mean, it's like it was levels to it. Then it's like, oh, and I was in a magazine at the company, all kind of stuff. So <laughs> it was one of the things where relationships is everything, you know, so try to get in. Be, um, be like I said, be a partner and have that partner mindset, you know, first and build the relationship, but stay less, you know, they don't need to know, oh, well, my future goals is this. When you play on like, I'm a, just a good company, you know, driver or whatever, you'll be surprised. They give you so much information, but when they know that you are goal oriented and you want to be a boss and you say, well, one day I'm going to have my, man, them people not going to share nothing with you. At all. They want you to work for them. Um, like I, my cousin just said, you know, um, a boss is not going to pay you enough to live next to them. And that's a fact. So I always keep that in mind as well. Yep, I absolutely agree. Keisha, you got anything you want to add? It's Friday. So you know me. We ain't got to be on all the way till 11 on Friday. You, <laughs> I know you're driving right now. Uh, Bree, do you have anything that you would like to add? No, nah, I'm sitting on back in the mountains, uh, so I doubt the child gonna be hearing me in 30 seconds. But it was a good conversation, though, for sure. Absolutely, I appreciate it. I appreciate Eric coming up here, dropping all the wisdom and knowledge that he did. Marcus as well it was a pleasure. Um, don't forget if there are um, oh, one moment, my brother wants to come say something. Good morning, G. Happy Friday. Hey, top of the morning. It's Friday, everybody. Y'all know I have to come here and say something. What's up with everybody? Nothing like it sound like you at the house. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the house early on my way to uh, Cali. But, hey, I just I just wanted to come up here. I really appreciate everybody. Like, I appreciate everybody in the audience. You know what I'm saying? Everybody on the stage. I follow all y'all. Um, I'm trying to educate myself because, as y'all know, they don't have a university for this, for everything that we in. Mm-hmm. So uh, we pretty much going to have to connect all the dots and just and just yeah. like 
and just like leech off everybody's education that they're giving each other. You feel what I'm saying? So I just want to let y'all know I appreciate y'all. I'm sitting here packing my luggage and just listening to y'all. Just I, I appreciate y'all. Marcus, Eric, Unc, Henry, Kelsey, Jay Rich. You know we rock and breathe. Keisha, like you feel me? Like I, I'm on, really. You said that's not a university, but it is a road to Richard's Trucking Academy. Don't oh, you know? Yeah. Well, 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 let me I tell have... me something. Well, this me the this. Deal. I have certain individuals. Like it's just not about me. I have people that are specialized in certain things that I try to do free master classes with, so people can get this knowledge as well, right. and and they can sit in and also. I make certain posts so people that have been in the industry they respond. It's real good energy. So there's there's a platform for that. So don't get yeah. twisted. Kelsey right. has done a master class. I plan to do a master class with everybody else that's on the platform that spoke or whatever and gave good advice. So yeah, we doing it, baby. Right. Most definitely. I I'm I'm definitely like I say, I'm a student of all y'all. So, you know, y'all gonna be seeing me and hearing me. But I just want to let y'all know I appreciate y'all. And uh, TGIF anyway. That was it. Safe weekend, nephew. Most definitely. Appreciate it. Hey, Wanda. Oh, hey. I ain't know I was off mute. <laughs> hey, I ain't talked to y'all in a while. I've been rotating around. But, yeah, I just wanted to say um, I definitely agree with um, going with a smaller company as opposed to a larger company. Um, but also, I would like to say that there's a lot of people coming out here and they're jumping into the business. Um, I'm a mentor on She Trucking, and it pains me every time I get um, ladies, they coming to me. They don't know nothing about trucking. All they want to know is how to buy a truck and put a, tr a driver in it. They don't know anything about the company. So my advice is do your research first before you come jumping into this company. You know, people are not getting rich by buying a truck and putting a driver in it. Um, learn the business. Um, learn the ins and outs. Get your CDL. Drive your truck yourself. Um, do something. But it's, it's so many people coming out here want to put a driver in the truck. And the, they're oversaturating, you know, the business. It's just, you know, everybody out here, one truck, you're not going to do it alone. And like um, Jay was saying, start start partnering with somebody with like, with like issues or with like um, mindset. You know, we need to start growing these businesses together. These one-man truck teams, we're never going to be J.B. Hunt's. We need to pull together and, you know, start, you know, putting our resources together, growing these companies, because there is so much, so many of, so many of us out here, you know, we have all the knowledge, we have the resources, we got to start putting them together. Ma'am, absolutely could not agree more. Jay, what you got? No, I was gonna tell. Her I agree. I told <laughs> she. Uh, she had me laugh when she said do yes. something because I know a lot of people that get out here. And um, one thing I always preach, I like coach about. Hey, you gonna do some of this work? You need to do this research. You need to do this homework. You need to do your own stuff or whatever because you know you don't have people that just gonna hold your hand 
and just give you the game and think you're just going to sit back and just chill. You know, that's not how that how this works. You're going to have to be proactive in something, especially when it comes down to you want to open up your own business, a trucking company at that, you know? So, uh, Wanda, you brought up a good, good, good topic on that. Hey, hey Jay and uh, Wanda, uh, and Wanda especially, uh, you, if you do come across a lot of women like that, uh, send them my way. I literally put on a presentation for a lot of companies, especially like uh, people that have interest in startups where all I do is just talk about the legal aspect of trucking. And when I tell you uh, about 90% of them people will literally leave about that particular uh, 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 presentation with uh, a mindset of, uh, I don't think this is for me. And it's because all I literally do is go through the legal aspects of it. And I get to talking about courtroom testimony. I get to talk about accident investigation fines and penalties in, uh, uh, out of the investigations and stuff like that. So that's the reason why I always tell people that, you know, the way that I, I teach, I teach, you know, the worst case scenario because none of us is exempt from the worst case scenario. Absolutely agree with you. Yep, absolutely agree. Um, Jay, I wanted you to have a moment if you wanted to talk about, um, of course, we have my masterclass coming up tonight. We got a good amount of people signed up. I can't wait to see y'all, but I wanted to give Jay the opportunity. I know she has something coming up for her Road to Riches Academy that she put out on Instagram, so I think she can talk about it. Did you want to mention that, Jay? Well, I only have, I opened up for two more spots, so, (laughs) but I can, uh, and one person already said they're going to get it, so um, basically, I decided to do a four-week, I call it mentor, but it's more so coaching on um, those who want to get into trucking and pretty much just giving them the raw truth and raw information, share some of my mistakes. I have um, Kelsey, Lakeisha, that's also will be joining me. Um, I do plan on adding um, a bo- oh, I'm speaking too much. A, a bonus week anyways with other um, valuable information and resources for people that you guys need to um contact when it comes down to your trucking company so whether you got a trucking company you're thinking about starting it with some type of experience or you know your your company just in shambles and you're just trying to figure out a strategy to scale up or just maintain it or whatever so that's pretty much what it's about i'm excited about that also i've been getting a lot of people that have been asking me about jay should you know what you think is a good um market to go into whether it's hot shot or um, semi-trucks, you should buy a high-shot semi. So I went ahead and did that um, quick. Man, I put that masterclass together that I'm dropping on June 11th. So um, those are the two things. So I only got two more spots open. Actually, I got one because I know this person for sure is getting ready to book it like in a few seconds. So um, I got that going on. And also I have a free trucking academy <clears throat> called Road to Riches Trucking Academy. And basically uh, my goal was to just create a platform with good, valuable um, information. So I do master classes, and it's just not me because I'm only have like three and a half years in this industry. October before, so I bring up, um, you know, I, I have special guests to come in and actually give value, valuable information on hot topics or things that I feel that you know the academy needs. So I might post. Um, a discussion or might post a poll and ask, hey, guys, what you think about this and see, you know, how many votes I get in, get on it. But then I do a free masterclass. That is free. I remember a time getting a truck and where I was trying to figure out, you know, figure out some kind of way, some kind of, you know, way to get started or whatever and, and, and what would be a good lane. So I create Academy just for those who just, you know, 
want some type of interest. It's trying to find some kind of light. Um, I love it because it's good energy. People know I don't play. I don't, I don't play on, you know, being too opinionated or, or calling people stupid or names and stuff. I've seen that in a lot of um, Facebook groups and, and all that. And I don't like it. You know, we all have to start somewhere. And I feel like people, they get too high and mighty and forgot where they come from and everything. So I wanted to create my own platform where it's called Road to Riches. And it's not just riches on just getting money. It's riches at the heart, riches at the spirit, riches at just um, value, you know, and, and, and riches at, you know, creating a platform for you to focus on, your, you know, generate well are building something for your families too so it's just not about the money on there so yeah guys that's it thank you kelsey <laughs> Ooh, um, oh, if, no i'm not i'm not lakeisha if you're here go ahead and let them know what you got going on as well hey i'm gonna be on tonight peaches will be no i ain't gonna do that but um i will be <laughs> i will be on tonight's master class with kelsey also please do not let this pass you if you know somebody that wants dispatching wants to learn dispatching um we have the rent revamp course and let me tell you guys it is revamped and it's really informative um we had to step back and place some things in the course we took the reviews we made we we got uh lemons from lemonade and we're it's the product we want to show you so go ahead and go to the dispatchhub.net and sign up for sign up for your courses and that's june 5th and 6th um i want to give a shout out to my team henry jay kelsey desi um just you know i'm saying helping me with this course implementing things that need to be put in the course so um, I really, really, really am excited about this course. Also, I'm so excited about being an addition to Jay Rich's um, Road to Rich's, her, her, her course, her mentorship, her coaching. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited about a lot. Yeah, Keish, like, um, we got a lot of things that's going on and just, just again, bringing value to the people and good information and just the raw truth. Like I said, guys, I wish it was a truck and breakfast club when I got into this industry where people were just willing to actually share their experiences and share their struggles and all that good stuff. So I know we close to closing, uh, closing this out. Bree, well, Bree on the phone. No, Henry gone. Desi, what you got, baby? Okay, Desi, Desi Gow. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. No, I ain't gone. Okay. <laughs> but man, in closing, you know, I'm 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 with everything y'all saying. I ain't never needed nobody, but uh, man, it means the world to have somebody's like the people on stage with me and just you know, being plugged into good information that I can run my company, you know, in a professional way versus um in an at risk way. Um like Jay said, today, man, I had to stop the bleeding on the company. <laughs> I really did. It ain't funny because it could have easily been me if I hadn't got plugged in and tuned in with the right information. So, yeah, man, it's it's real out here. You know, you got to really – it's not a game. You got to really be passionate and have visibility on everything and anything going on with your company when you decide to take on your own authority because at the end of the day, the buck stops with you and it starts with you. So make sure you're doing the right thing so that your dream won't become a nightmare. That's it. Um, shout out to E. 
Marcus G, Wanda, and um, it was another, I forgot the other guy that came up here. He was bringing valuable information, guys. We really appreciate you guys for joining um, and, and just bringing in insight to the people that's um, out in the audience. A lot of them don't know about the trucking industry as much. So just to have you guys is a true blessing. Go ahead, Lakeisha. I was going to add that was wonderful, but I always, I want y'all to understand, even at the highest level, you guys need to remain a student because that's how we grow. Um, we always we always have room to learn and room to grow, and I had to learn that too. So um, just just always, you never, don't always go into a situation or a room wanting to be heard. Sit back and listen first. Grab some value, and then if you have a piece that you can um, um, combine or contribute to the conversation, then you speak, but always listen first. Absolutely, Keish. <laughs> well, guys, I, I believe that we are to close in. Um, I hope everybody have a wonderful weekend. It is Memorial Weekend. Um, I hope you guys just, you know, spend time with your families for all the drivers out there that's still going to be working, you know, be safe on the road. Um, quality time is everything, guys. So make sure that you get that in. And peace and blessings to everybody. We're going to go ahead and close this out. Kelsey usually had the music ready, but, you know, she had to step out for a little bit. So we're looking forward to um, having you all next week. I hope you all, and make sure that what we say, you guys apply it also, okay? Peace and blessings. We are out. Welcome back, Wanda, Aisha, Sailor. Welcome back. Thanks. Y'all have a great weekend. Be safe over the holiday weekend. Peace. You too, brother. I need to be talking to you. (laughs) 